The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's hour number two of a numbers game here on VSIN brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Matt Brown in for Gil for the rest of the week. Kelly Bidlin still behind the glass back there. Kicking things off the show, we did get a new coaching hire, the Colts, Shane Sykin, going to be heading over to Indianapolis to run that program. And as we were on break, we get another coaching hire as the Baltimore Ravens have hired Todd Monken to be their offensive coordinator. Of course, he was the offensive coordinator at Georgia. Georgia be looking for a new offensive coordinator. Probably dip back into the NFL like they did in the past here and see if uh, maybe, they, maybe they will go on the Alabama rehab kind of program, go and get one of these failed NFL coaches, bring them in, have them succeed again, and then be able to stick them back into the NFL. But Todd Monken is going to be heading to the Baltimore Ravens. I think that is a Excellent hire. The only problem is, is does he know who's going to be quarterback for them? Because there's still that going on out there with Lamar Jackson. Kelly, we don't know if Lamar is actually going to be back with the Ravens. We assume they will figure something out, but weirder things have happened. Maybe he'll be on the move. Yeah, uh, we'll see. That's uh, look, I, I mean, that offseason there, man, could that franchise drastically yeah. shift, right? I mean, you're talking about. Uh, look, not only a, a very high-level quarterback, but you're, you've built that offense, you know, around mm-hmm. the guy, uh, around Lamar Jackson. And man, if they, if they, if they do move on, I, you want. I mean, John Harbaugh. We always talk about one of the best coaches in the NFL, but how big of a rebuild could that be for that team? It might be bigger than a lot of us think. Statement from Coach John Harbaugh here. We conducted 21 interviews with 14 candidates throughout a thorough process that had wide-ranging organizational involvement. Todd's leadership and coaching acumen were evident from the beginning. He has a proven track record for designing and teaching offensive systems that allow players to succeed at the highest level. We're excited to get back to work and begin building an offense that will help us compete for championships. Let's remember, he was able to find success with Stetson Bennett at quarterback there in the SEC, by the way, going up against NFL defenses essentially on a weekly basis, and he was able to find success with Stetson Bennett. So you would like to think that maybe Lamar looks at that and goes, if he can make that guy, I mean, like, what can he do with me? Like, you'd like to think that maybe he sees that, but again, it all comes down to the almighty dollar, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stetson Bennett, Lamar Jackson, pretty sure they're the exact same age. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And they are. Actually, I think Lamar's younger. I, think, I was going to say, he yeah. might be younger. Yeah, I actually think Lamar is younger. There is There were a couple of different guys that were younger, I think, than, than Stetson Bennett. Lamar Jackson, one year old. 26, one year, 26 versus 25. One but, year old. But, wait, hold on. He just had his birthday. 
He Lamar just turned 26. So there it is. Like basically the same age and uh, with multiple years of NFL experience under his belt already for Lamar Jackson. We get a tweet coming in here from Rick Ollie that asked me, uh, welcome to a numbers games. What are my thoughts on sushi? And uh, that is uh, an interesting question here. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me break down. I'll give you the backstory here, which uh, a lot of our listeners would know, is that Gil, uh, being Gil, came on here one day and talked about the great sushi dinner he had the, the, the night before and then refused to give the name of the restaurant that he ate at. So he has a secret sushi location that everybody's trying to get at. And I'm talking about, you're looking at me weird right now. He wouldn't even tell me on break. So he, uh, Gil has a secret. Is he sushi afraid they're going to sell out a fish or something? Like, like, <laughs> like we get like the best sushi. Like, so that's that's the other secret about Vegas is we get phenomenal sushi even off the strip because they piggyback off of all of these super expensive sushi places up and down the strip, right? right? And so they get the stuff flown in and they just piggyback off these orders. And, and so we get you can find your little place in the valley where out where I live in Summerlin, whatever it might be. And you still get the basically strip quality, highest level sushi you're going to get because they piggyback off of those orders. And so uh, when you come down, if you find one of the places off the strip that's really, really good, Sin of Japan, uh, and that one is is fantastic. You will Sometimes you will see like casino limos out in like Sin of Japan's parking lot. Really? Stuff. Yeah, because people okay. will want to get shipped over there to go to go eat sushi. So there's a little, there's another pro tip. Hot that's for the second tip. hour. There you yeah. go. Pro that's for the second hour. Brown. Head on over to Senna Japan. Now, it's not as cheap as just like your hole-in-the-wall, you know, strip mall sushi place. It is a little bit more expensive, but it is really high-quality stuff, and it's not costing you strip prices. So there you go. How you like that? Pro tip. Boom. What do you think about that? So what we didn't get to is some of these stories from the top of the show, Kelly, because we just kind of went off on a on a tangent. Not like you and I have ever done that before. Yeah, so, no, yeah, no, we no, never no. have. I'm about to do it again. How about uh, – yeah. I'm going to NBA geek out for a second. All right. Shams, sources, NBA three-point contest participants. Okay. All-star weekend. Boston's Jason Tatum. Okay. Sacramento's Kevin Herter. Miami's Tyler Hero. Indiana's Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald, Portland's Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons, and Utah's Lowry Marketing. So the dunk contest sucks okay. these days, but the three-point contest. Yeah. No one wants wow. to do the dunk contest because, like, that's actual work. Like, right. you've got, yes. like, like, it's it's work. you got to think of the next dunk and try to do something that. I guess you could get hurt. Right? Yeah, you, I, I'm sure you, that's the excuse for most of them. There's that. There's also the, like, you're trying to think, is there, is there anything original left anymore? Is there anything that people haven't seen? That's the toughest part. The answer's probably not. Like, it, probably everything's been done. So, I kind of get why the dunk contest, even though our childhood, the dunk contest was like it. Yeah, it was awesome. It, it, it was and awesome. Then, and then now it's just, it's it's nothing. What it's even, nothing. Wasn't even that long ago. Like, I mean, like Dwight Howard and stuff. Like, this is not even that, that long ago. But it, it is, it is just nothing. Now. Man, the news is just flying in here. Um, what else we got? Let me just try and I do want to try and confirm this here. It says that that they have already this this was in the works because Georgia has already hired Mike Bobo to come in and replace um, to, to, to replace Todd Monken as offensive coordinator for the University of Georgia. So he oh, I'm will. Sure, I, I feel like Georgia and Bama just sit there with backup plans on top of backup plans uh, for their coaching staffs. Yeah. So he, of course. Uh, We'll come back in to the Georgia program there, so we'll try to get a full confirmation of that. But I'm starting to see a, starting to see a couple of different places that go in and and do that. I mean, you look at, at Todd Monken though taking over for the Ravens. I mean, Kelly, like we said, this is a guy that he had Jameis. He had uh, you know now he's had Stetson Bennett. All these things that like you do wonder what he might be able to do with a guy like. Lamar Jackson, should Lamar end up staying, figuring out how to get some sort of contract deal done with this Ravens squad? I mean, I think you would have to be Lamar sitting at home right now going, okay, this is a pretty good, this is a pretty good situation for me with a guy that, as Jim Harbaugh said in his, and John Harbaugh said in his statement, I mean, a very proven coach in the NFL that has taken some quarterbacks and had a bunch of success, even in the college level, uh, college level as well. So, I think if you're Lamar, you're probably a little bit happier this morning than you were yesterday. 
Yeah, yeah, de- definitely, right? I mean, I think you got to look, someone at least in-house that you can actually hopefully have a discussion with Lamar Jackson right. to pitch a future, right? Mm-hmm. Pitch to him, hey, I, there's fresh blood in here. This is what I've got designed for the for future plans of this offense. You know, obviously we want you to be a big part of it, yada, yada, yada. Oh, look, I think that helps sometimes when you're trying to, you know, maybe this is not recruiting someone, but you're re-recruiting mm-hmm. someone almost, right? So we take a look here. One of the news stories off the top, Kyrie Irving made a request and basically saying, please don't ask him about his future beyond this season. Quote, it puts unwarranted distractions on us and our team. I mean, there's one way that he could go about, you know, not being a distraction to be just answering a question. Like, I mean, <laughs> you can give non-answer answers, right? right like, exactly, like, that's the yeah. thing. It's like this guy – I get it, man. He doesn't get it. Like, it's this whole galaxy brain thing that he thinks he has, it just it doesn't – it's not working here. It's like, dude, there are easy ways to give non-answer answers, and then they'll quit asking you. Yes. But instead, when you say something like this, yes. you're inviting them to continue to ask you. Okay, like, it, it is the, the – let's peel the curtain back into the TV world, radio world too, right, Matt? We've all been – you and I have been mm. there several times at press conferences and pulling athletes off the side. I'm just looking for a soundbite. Right. You're a soundbite right. machine, Kyrie, because you always say something, including yesterday, when you're trying not to say anything. Do what Matt's talking about. Get up there and give the most boring answers yeah. every single night, and guess what? People will go away because they're going to say, this guy is a complete bore. I'm going to stop asking exactly. him the same question. I am concentrated on this season and the success for this season. I hope when the offseason rolls around, we're able to figure something out, but I'm really just dealing with the this season. right? Just well, give them well, a photon. Tad- Kyrie uh, just gave a horrible answer. I'm never going to rec- I'm never yeah. going to ask that again. Exactly. Be- be- like, yeah, I'm focused right on this season. Maybe we can get – I hope we can get something done in the offseason, blah, 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 blah. And that's all you got to do. Bam, over with. They'll, they don't want you to keep saying that over and over again, and they'll quit asking you. But, again, the guy just doesn't get it. Apparently, he's never going to get it. They lose last night, Kelly. And I'm just wondering kind of what you – Yeah, I was going to say, I, I am wondering what you think of this team overall, though. I mean, the Mavs didn't even get a shot off there to, to, to end the game, which I thought was <laughs> – a little curious uh, when it all came down to it, but they do lose 124-121 to the Timberwolves. Yeah, I watched the bulk of the fourth quarter mm-hmm. here. I mean, it was a heck of a Mavericks uh, run at the end. I mean, you totally thought they were coming back. Uh, Kyrie looked great. I mean, look, this is this is the us holding two thoughts in our head at once, mm-hmm. right? Kyrie is an amazing basketball player when he is on the court. Um, him and Lucas side-by-side could be very, very, very dangerous. Um, I don't know that this is going to be I don't think it's enough to push them through in the West but man they're a team you don't want to face with two guys like that you got two of the best rim attackers in the game right now no that you're not talking about guys that are going to slam it home dunk wise Mm -hmm. but as far as attacking the rim picking up fouls getting to the line these are two of the best in the league both of them hit hit those uh, take and hit a lot of threes right Uh, two of the best ISO players in the league this is tough. I, I, I'm, they're going to be a tough team to face every single night. Um, in Minnesota, man, they handled this team for, mm. for three-plus quarters and still almost got beat just basically because of those two guys. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch how Dallas does yeah. uh, Dallas does down there. I'm not drawing trenches. anything from one law. Uh, you know, whatever. Like everyone's the, – the headlines this morning were all like, can they make this work or whatever? And I was like, yeah, probably so. I mean, yeah, you know. probably like, so. Probably so. It's – it's been we'll, a week. You, know? we'll, I mean, you, you should have learned more that they can make it work last night than they can't right. because of what they did in that last quarter. Kelly and I can never get enough NFL. And honestly, we want to give you our thoughts on where we are headed, what we're watching as we head into the offseason, our power ratings when we come back. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Numbers game on v the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the v experts have you covered. If you become a v Pro subscriber with our introductory offer of just $9.99 American, $186 Moldovan Lou, v Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap, the top plays made by v show hosts, and guests, tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where we're going to break down the brackets, the best bets, and the daily props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Head to VEASAN.com slash subscribe today. It's only $9.99 American. VSIN.com slash subscribe. Matt Brown in for Gill, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. And this is something we used to do quite often. And it was a very, very fun exercise. And it was an exercise that caused a little bit of controversy here and there <laughs> along the way. Some yelling, uh, some screaming. Some yelling, some screaming. <laughs> Defend yourself and things like that that were going on with all of that. But listen, it's a it's super fun. And as we head into the offseason, Kelly and I thought it would be good to kind of give our thoughts on these teams, as we head into, you know, free agency, the draft, this can all drastically change over the next several weeks. But this is why we want to do the exercise now to kind of show where it is on February the 14th. By the way, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Else. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out red. there. Yeah. Just, it's, just for you. You're red. You're red. I, br- I brought you those roses up there. It's a, yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, I, I, when we were talking last week, yeah. this was the, we got love zone requests for today, but it just... Feels a little weird to run Gill's open without Gill. Without, yeah, I know. The whole bit was that Gill actually did, you know, the love, the love zone show or whatever, uh, slow jams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm but, sure Isaiah could find. We'll play it at the end of the show yeah. for everybody who hasn't heard it out there. It's it's yeah. at least worth hearing the open. Yes. that's for sure. True story. Gill used to be an R and B DJ, and so that's yeah. like, yeah. Anyway, that's how that's how this all came came about. Uh, but. This is, I want to say this off the top, Kelly. I don't know how you did yours. I left off I left off a couple of teams where people are going to say, bro, come on, how are those teams left off? Because of the uncertainty that are surrounding them currently, Yes, I had to leave them off. Now, they could very well just vault right back in and maybe even fairly high into these ratings. But not knowing whether Lamar Jackson is going to be the quarterback of the Ravens or not is a very big deal to me. And so it was hard for me to say like, oh, I'm – I'm confident in this team heading into the offseason, not knowing who their quarterback's going to be. And you'll see like a couple of other teams in which like just because of where we sit, I couldn't put them in the top. Yeah, the, 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 we were trying to figure out exactly how to specify this. So the instructions yes. I gave Matt were your top 10 teams heading into the mm-hmm. offseason. So not these top 10 teams, 
from the end of the year, because I think the playoffs helped right. us rank that out. Top 10 teams headed into the offseason. Isaiah, fire it up, plug it in, power it up. We're going. So, uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm done doubting. I'm not going to be a doubter anymore. I don't care. As long as Andy Reid is on the sideline and as long as Patrick Mahomes is under center and Travis Kelsey is catching passes out of the slot, out of the wide, out of wide receiver, in line, whatever it might be, they're doing all kinds of things to get this guy open. It doesn't seem like it matters who is playing wide receiver at all anymore. It's I have absurd. to have the Chiefs number one. I, yeah. I have to have the Chiefs number one. I, Kelly, I was when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll admit when I'm wrong. I thought this team was going to take a step back from the offensive side mm-hmm. of things. When you look at the wide receiver situation, I thought what Tyreek Hill brought by being able to stretch the field, I thought that it was going to take a big, big chunk out of what Travis Kelsey does because they could just focus on Travis Kelsey. Well, he's just unguardable, and and I can't, I'm, I can't doubt them anymore as long as Andy Reid is on the sidelines. So the Chiefs come in at number one. Cincinnati Bengals at number two, and I honestly still kind of believe that those – that AFC Championship game was the two best teams in the Super NFL. Bowl. That was yeah. the Super. as good as the Super Bowl was. That yeah. was still the Super. Bowl. Like, I still feel like those were the two best teams in the NFL. I, I think you look at you know the injury situation for the Bengals and and you know of course the way that the secondary got banged up throughout the course of the year. I think as you head into the offseason here, you pretty much have to be looking at them as as very 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 highly rated and. Of course, Joe Burrow's a co-favorite for MVP with Patrick Mahomes as we head into next season as well. So they that market certainly values what this Bengals team has too. Three with the Eagles. Look, I know there's a lot of defensive guys that are going to be free agents. I imagine a lot of those guys are going to want to come back. But this Eagles team also has a lot of draft picks. They've got two first-round yeah. picks. They've got early round, second round, third-round picks. Like So the guys that do decide to leave, I think they'll be able to plug those holes through the draft and, and, and all that. So I still have them. Up there, it's still a quarterback on a rookie contract, though. I imagine they're going to try to extend him this offseason. They don't want to get in the situation with the Ravens are in with, with Lamar Jackson right now. 49ers at four, and this was the toughest one for me because of the quarterback situation that the 49ers have. But the fact that they have two different guys that it could be as opposed to the Ravens situation where it's like, if Lamar's gone, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you doing? Like yeah. it, The fact that there's at least two different guys there for the 49ers has me semi-confident that I can put them at four. I might regret it maybe, you know, whenever we're looking over this a little bit later down the line. I think there's the other one with the – I mean, look, the Eagles and 49ers offseasons are both very fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think – kind of like you you hinted at, I think if the Eagles – if the Eagles do things right – you could almost you could almost end up with just as good of a team, if not better, mm. coming back next year, which is a scary thought. Should be a scary thought for everybody in the NFC. Um, and look, the Niners. I think you have the luxury of assuming they're both healthy. You rolling into the offseason and really treating it like a college program that you mm. never see really NFL teams do anymore, right? Where it's look, you two. Compete for the job. Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. It's an open competition. Go, you know, maybe maybe we've got Brock mm-hmm. Purdy a little bit ahead based off what he did off uh, last season. But they're young enough. They haven't won anything in this league. Yeah. Nobody deserves that no. job. No. You could easily say this is a wide open competition. You two, you two get to go out all offseason, all you know, uh, all during training camp to figure out who the starter is there. I, that, that's a luxury that most yeah. NFL teams just don't get these days. And listen, I am not I, – I know they have already said that they are going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. If these guys are not on pace to heal correctly and, and be there in time for training camp and all of that – it would not surprise me if they laid just like, you know, came back, hat in hand, and like, Jimmy, come on, let's do this. Let's make a run. Let's give it a ride. Uh, at number five, I have the Bills. This one was pretty tough as well because they are they could also be in the boat of having an incredible amount of turnover. Yeah. I would think that some of those guys are going to want to come back and play with Josh Allen, and certainly Sean McDermott seems to be a very popular coach in the NFL, but I can't say for certain. So that one was a little bit tough. Cowboys at six. Jags at seven, Chargers eight, Vikings nine, and then Lions ten. And 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 I look here from this Lions team, Kelly, and I know this is probably going to be the one at ten that people go, what are you talking about, the tenth best team in the NFL? But it is a team that has a lot of skill position talent. Mm-hmm. They have a decent amount of cap space. You also have a, a couple of picks as well in the draft. You didn't really even work in Jamison Williams into that lineup. He is going to now be fully healthy to come back in and work alongside Amon Ross St. Brown. 
I, I think this Lions team does have a little bit of upside so long as they can, in which I imagine they will, upgrade that defense in free agency and through the draft. And so I actually kind of like them. Yeah, just looking over at Football Outsiders right now. I mean, they, they ended end of the season ninth in total DVOA, mm-hmm. um, you know, fifth on the offensive side of the ball like you're talking about. Uh, I, it's a team. You know, you're not the first to say it. You're not going to be the last person to say it. The Lions are going to be one of the most talked about teams all, all mm-hmm. offseason, I think. Um, and that NFC North, I mean, going back to a bit of what we were talking about before with Aaron Rodgers and stuff, that NFC North could be very, very competitive next year um, if that Lions team mm-hmm. does take a jump. Now, I didn't have them in my top ten, mm-hmm. though. We had we had nine of the same teams, Matt, which okay. I, don't, I guess it probably isn't that surprising. I did go Chiefs Bengals one two at the top mm-hmm. like you. Look, you're uh, you're probably number one in the Chiefs bandwagon, but I'm not far, or the Bengals ban- mm-hmm. bandwagon. I'm not far behind you. I don't really like you said. I don't really know how we can really argue at this point. I'll, I'll put Bengals squarely two. They are squarely two to me. But man, it, it, with what the Chiefs did this last season, yeah, you've got to you got to show them some respect. So number one with them, Eagles number three. We talked about that. Look, I think they're the best team in the NFC. Um, I was I was hoping that you know we got a healthy Brock Purdy, so I feel like I could be more right about that mm-hmm. than, than what that ended up playing out as. Uh, but I had to put them three, four, five. I'm fine, interchangeable here. If you want to, you know, you went Niners four, I went Bills four. I do think they are still squarely four and five, though. Yeah. Those are the top five teams. I almost don't care what order right. you put them in; they're the top five teams. All year, we almost said this was a top six with the Cowboys this past off season. I had a little trouble putting them six. I was almost looking for excuses to put other teams yeah. ahead of them. I just couldn't get there. Um, look, I think that 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 defense is incredible. It's gonna it's gonna be great. Dan Quinn coming back, I think, is awesome. I think what you saw this year is that there are questions at the quarterback position, and can Dak Prescott really yep. make you better than what we've seen this team do over the past couple years? Um, yeah, I think they'll look to add some wide receiver weapons, and maybe that helps. I just don't think they're good enough to leap those about five other teams that I have ahead of them. Chargers, look, man, we're talking about the offseason. I'm going to keep putting them up there because yeah. they got a great quarterback, and if these wide receivers stay healthy, they're still really, really good. Dolphins, if you get Tua back, I don't understand why we can't expect the same kind of offensive firepower. You know, Tua will be back. The same kind of offensive firepower we've seen him. Obviously, that defense needs to get better. Jags on the rise. Put him at number nine. I couldn't leave out our Vikings. Yeah. Number ten. Well, People could argue against it. They, should, they should just spend every single dollar on the defense. The defense. Like, uh, every, yeah. every single dollar on the defense. And, and, man, maybe that team can actually do something next year. Coming back on the other side with PFF's Sam Monson. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure and visit VSEN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits. Another way VSEN is here to make you a more informed better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. We're going to keep the NFL talk rolling because we're not done with football season quite yet. You can find him over on Pro Football Focus with amazing content. He is Sam Monson. You can find him on the Twitter machine at PFF underscore Sam. Sam, thanks for joining us, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. So heading out of the Super Bowl here, what was your, and I know this is an unfair question because there were so many, but what was your biggest storyline? Is it the, the, how elite Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are? Is it that Jalen Hurts stepped up and proved that he's actually worth the, the mega contract and a guy to build around? Was it, the, was it the call at the end of the game and you wish it wouldn't have been that way? Like, what, was, what was your, the biggest thing that you took out of the game? Yeah, I guess the biggest thing was probably that it was kind of a sad way for such a great game to end. I mean, that Super Bowl was what everybody hoped it would be. It was a titanic battle between, it was champion versus champion. That's what that game is supposed to be, right? The NFC champion versus the AFC champion, two great teams, and we get to find out which one is better. And those teams did, they held up their end of the bargain. They were slugging it out every time one of them looked like they were going to, 
take control of the game. The other one came back and counterpunched. And then right at the end, we get a, a call like that that just kind of ruins the ending, right? Like, it was maybe going in that direction anyway, given the, the control that the Chiefs had of the football and kind of chewing up the clock. But it was just a kind of sad way for a game that great to end. Sam, do you share the opinion that I have, which is, by the letter of the law, yes, the call was, in fact, holding, defensive holding, and and yes, it was a penalty. However, as football fans, we've seen non-calls all the time, and unless you are a absolute, unless you are a Chiefs fan or Chiefs better, I should say, if that call doesn't get made, I don't think we're losing our minds, right? Like I don't think it was so egregious that we would be going, oh, well, that's just the turning point of the game that they don't make that call. Like I'm fine with it being made, but had it not been made, I don't think that we would just be up in arms about it. Yeah, I think that's largely true. Um, there was a replay shown in the stadium that I haven't seen since, which is a little weird, where it shows much more clearly that he basically grabbed a handful of jersey and you saw the kind of full extension of the jersey, and I suspect that's what the official saw. And the second an official sees you know, a handful full of jersey getting pulled away from the body, it's going to be a flag. It just is. like That's what they're conditioned to, to throw flags on for defensive holding. So I think it was the correct call, but I think you're right. Had they not called it, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like that's the kind of call where you have to ask yourself, you know, you hear all the time about how they call things a little bit more leniently in the playoffs. They don't want to be the reason these games are getting decided. This was close enough that I think you probably try and swallow the whistle there, try and not make that call because you're right. It wasn't an egregious call, but I think because that Jersey did get extended away from the frame, um, it kind of, they just, they're automatic calls now. So as we head into free agency, are there any guys out there that you kind of have your eye on that could really make, that you feel like could truly make a difference if they landed in the right spot? I know when we look at the wide receiver position, there's not really very many wide receiver options available in true free agency. Is there any other unit that you look at and say, like, okay, that's a really good free agency group that could maybe if they landed in spot X, Y, or Z, they could really make a difference for that team. It's really not a strong free agent group at all this year. Um, like top to bottom, obviously there's individual players that can, uh, that could be really good in, in certain situations. There's guys lower down, but I, I think the lower down guys are where the best business is going to be done. There's plenty of money to throw around. Um, but it's those second-tier contracts, the guys that are going to get signed for much more modest amounts of money but can still come in and be solid contributors, I think that are going to make the difference this year. But, you know, you're looking at the, the top couple of guys. We assume that Lamar Jackson, that, that Geno Smith, these guys probably aren't going to hit the open market at all. Um, so that leaves guys like Javon Hargrave, the defensive tackle from Philadelphia, Jesse Bates, the safety from Cincinnati. Like, these are the top-tier free agents available this year and they're good players, but that's not normally the kind of caliber of the, the top end of the free agent market we're accustomed to seeing. Talking to Sam Monson. He is the lead NFL analyst over at pro football focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. So we get the word. And I think this was widely expected that Derek Carr is not going to accept any trades. He is going to want to be cut so that he can make the choice on his own as to where he's going to be playing ball next. Is there a fit for him that you think that is actually going to truly, truly upgrade a team and maybe even, I mean, I know the Saints keep getting thrown around out there. That's a really poor division. So are they a Derek Carr away from being kind of the leader in that division? Is there someone that you're looking at that Derek Carr might end up maybe elsewhere? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, theoretically, any of the AS or the NFC South team signing Derek Carr probably makes them the favorite for that division. Um, he's a, he's an unusual quarterback, though, because he's in this tier of middle-class quarterback performances that everybody hates now. And that's why the, the Raiders are moving on from him, because they've decided, yeah, Derek Carr's good, but good doesn't do you anything when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes twice a season, when you're in a division with Justin Herbert, when you have to get through a playoffs of Joe Burrow and, and Josh Allen um, and Lamar Jackson and, and Trevor Lawrence, like good is, is pointless now. And, and teams are casting aside good quarterbacks to go and try and chase greatness somewhere. So 
now you have to say, well, okay, which teams are fine with good? Which teams are actually trying to find a guy that is just good because they've been so bad elsewhere? And there's definitely going to be a couple of them, but I don't know how many of them are going to be wanting to sign him as a first choice. You know, like the Jets right. would make a ton of sense. Derek Carr would come in and immediately upgrade the Jets and make them significantly better. But the Jets are probably going to be chasing Aaron Rodgers first, and then maybe they'll get to Derek Carr if they can't make that happen or if something else falls through. And I think that's the case for a lot of these teams. Like, he might actually make a lot of sense in quite a few spots, but I very much doubt that they're going to be going after him as plan A. Right. So that is, I'm glad you brought that up because this is exactly where I wanted to go with this. Listen, when he gets out of the, you know, the closet for four days and all of this, like I'm pretty sure he's going to come to the conclusion that I'm going to play football for $60 million. So we, I think we assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to play football. But my question to you is, is, is he going to play football for the Packers? It seems like we continue to hear more and more like they probably would like to move on. Yeah, and I think it makes sense around now. Um, we saw glimpses of Jordan Love last season. Unfortunately for them, they didn't get to see more than the glimpses because they stayed alive right to the end of it. But Jordan Love did look different in the glimpses we saw from him than he had previously. And just given the way Aaron Rodgers, uh, the whole thing has gone over the last few years, it feels like now is a kind of natural parting of ways point for him. And, and really ridiculously bringing the whole kind of career arc for Rodgers full circle. I mean, he's now become Brett Favre to, to his Aaron Rodgers. Sam, whenever we look at the draft that's coming up, we know there are likely to be three, four, I mean, I believe four for sure are going to be taken. I can't imagine that people are going to pass on Richardson. When you look at it, how do you kind of break down the quarterbacks that are, that are going to be coming out here? And, and do you feel that it's definitely for is Anthony Richardson, just the, the prospect, the thought that he could possibly be Josh Allen, you know, with some, some proper coaching and things like that going to be too hard to pass up. Yeah. I mean, I think he's definitely going to go in the first round. I think he's probably going to go in the top half of the first round. Um, the, the track record recently of these athletically gifted, big armed mobile quarterbacks is too good for teams to completely pass up on. Um, but I, I don't think he is really involved in that very, to the top of the draft conversation, the top five um, picks of the draft. And that is a much more fascinating kind of pick your poison or, or pick your, style of quarterback, whether I think Bryce Young's tape um, is by far and away the best of any of these quarterbacks, but his size is going to be the extreme end of small. I mean, he's listed at six foot, I think, and 190, something like that. They're talking about him trying to get to, you know, pushing 200 for the combine, but I think everybody knows that that's just fake weight. It's, it's kind of pointless. And when you see pictures of him, he doesn't look anything like six foot. I mean, we're talking 5'10", maybe. So he's going to be on the extreme end of small. And some teams are going to not like that. They're going to, they don't want a quarterback that size. Um, and the teams that don't want a quarterback that size, they have a ready-made alternative. Who's the other end of that? In Will Levis from Kentucky, who's got the size, the strength, the, the prototypical quarterback build, but obviously doesn't have tape as good as Bryce Young. So I think we're going to have this really interesting contrast and debate between what teams really covered at the top end of the draft. He is Sam Monson, lead football analyst over at Pro Football Focus. Thanks for the time, my man. No problem. Take it easy. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward Points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. If you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards Points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms over at 20 MGM Properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. And when you wager on the BetMGM app, you get all of that. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. You can find this man over on the over on Sportsline, the First Cut podcast as well, and on the Twitter machine at Sia Najad and as no surprise to you, his name is Sia Najad. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Glad I was able to snag that Twitter name. That's 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 a good thing about having a unique name, Matt. It's so good to be with you again. And Kelly, as usual, it's great to be with you as well. I do not get Matt Brown uh, on anything that I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. The most basic name of human beings, and I don't get any I, ever. I mean, mine's always got to have a squiggle or a letter or a number or some kind of something. Kelly, you got give, the unique name, so you can do it, too. Well, and I have to give the, the yeah. tip of the cap to you because we argued about that on air one day on primetime action. I'm like, it's not available, Matt. I tried five and now you Secured ago, it. And then somebody somebody released. Whoever was formerly at Kelly Bidlin, thank you for releasing that. <laughs> yes, that is a fantastic it's fantastic to get your actual name as opposed to having, you know, put a question mark and an underscore and all these different things in there to be able to do it. So, see, I want to put a bow on the NFL season with this. Um, so, I was incredibly high on the Vikings and the Colts uh, heading into last season. Of course, one of those worked out, one of those did not. Is there a team or two that you have kind of earmarked for? Of course, we don't have all of the numbers quite yet. We certainly don't know win totals and what they'll be posted at and still a ton to happen in free agency in the draft. But is there at least a couple of teams that you're keeping your eye on to see what ends up getting posted because you're either going to be higher or lower on them? It's a great question. I mean, I think I would probably stick to the NFC because I think that's going to be sort of the less competitive. Once you get beyond Philadelphia and San Francisco – I don't want to say it's up for grabs, but I think there's a lot of teams that are in the mix after that. I mean, I, I like the 49ers in the NFC, but if I if I had to pick a team to maybe sneak up on somebody, you know, it, it's tough. I would probably go 
it's not going to be the Lions. I'd probably go with the Packers, but then of course that's going to that's going to involve them actually retaining uh, Aaron Rodgers. So uh, this one's really tough. I think in the AFC, I would probably look to Denver. I think when you get a, a new co a coaching regime, maybe you get Russell Wilson kind of focused on his skill set as opposed to the offensive coordinators. And I think that might be something to look into. Of course, that's tough, right? Because you're in a division with the Kansas City Chiefs in the Los Angeles in Los Angeles, but. Denver just seems like they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, I was down in Phoenix this past week, was able to take in a couple of days of the waste management, was able to walk around with some of the guys a little bit. And, you know, we look at the top of this odds board as we head over to the Genesis, and it's going to be, it's you know, it's the same guys. It's another elevated event. That being said, I, you know, John Rahm didn't quite have it. Um, obviously, Rory hates that course, and, you know, he basically said as much. That's why he'd never played it before. And, you know, so... That being said, heading over to the Genesis, I think we do look at these guys at the top and say to ourselves, and you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's like, there's probably a high likelihood one of these guys wins, but I can't bet them at these numbers, and so we just have to look elsewhere. That's exactly right. I mean, there's a ton of win equity with the top three, but because it's an elevated event, I mean, I think you could go as far down as maybe Patrick Cantley, maybe Sung J.M., although I'm not as high on him necessarily this tournament as some of the guys above him. But I do think guys like Max Homa, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantley, those are fairly favorable numbers. And while there is a, you're right, there's a ton of win equity with Ron McElroy Scheffler. The way I usually handle that, not that this is, you know, super novel, but you almost hope they slip in day one just a little bit so that maybe you get Rom or McElroy instead of at plus 800, plus 900, maybe get them at plus 1600 because they just had a subpar day, no pun intended. That's how I like to to bet those, those top three, top four guys in each tournament, because you're right, the odds are just too short, especially with this field. I mean, whether it's DFS or, or just the, the outright market, this is pretty deep here. So, Sia, when we take a look, they're heading back to Poa Greens here whenever they go over to the Genesis. And I'm wondering, because I very rarely put putting into the equation for me. Because, you know, guys catch fire, guys lose it, they whatever. And I, I don't want to predict when a guy's going to get hot with a putter or try to predict when he's going to be cold, all of that. But, you know, Poa is a different type of putting surface. There are guys that really, really struggle on it. There are guys, for whatever reason, even though it's so difficult to put on, have kind of figured it out a little bit more. Do you, how much, one, how much do you actually put putting into your considerations just in general? And then does it change when we do head to like a POA surface? It changes on this particular surface because it's fast and undulating. So I normally don't factor in, you know, grass type that much at all, if at all. And I normally don't factor in putting too much unless we we're at a, we're in a situation where I think three putts and bogey avoidance are, are going to be in play. And when you've got large undulating fast greens, I think you need somebody like the last couple of tournaments, you could have gotten away with a putter that was like just average or below average, because in that case they, they could get hot. And we saw that with some of the results in this case, I think putting is pretty important. And, and I think I'm looking at guys who, who of course have had success at Riviera, but usually if they've had success at Riviera, that means they've had success with the putter on these greens specifically. So yeah, I'm definitely looking at it. So before we get to your picks outside of that, what was the prototypical golfer for you? What were kind of some of the, the key stats that were really kind of rising the guys up your models? Yeah. I mean, approach play mid to long irons is definitely kind of big here. You know, the last couple of tournaments wedge play was, was really in play in terms of a disproportionate, a disproportionate number of shots coming from, let's say 75 to 150. Well, it's a little bit of the opposite here. I mean, I think this is a positional course where you really have to navigate your way around the course. I think length off the tee is great, but I don't think it's fundamental. So for me, get yourself in the fairway or near the fairway. I mean, the rough isn't super penal, but the approach shots from 150 to let's say 200, I think are going to be really important because of greens and because the greens and regulation is going to be relatively small here um, in terms of percentage hit. I think you're going to have to look at around the green play. So I think the, the sort of the golfers that we tend to think are creative and can navigate themselves around a course successfully avoid bogeys. That's who I'm looking for. I see your three outrights in here, and I'm happy to say that uh, you and I could be possibly celebrating together uh, whenever we hit Monday because I'm also on Hideki Matsuyama. You have Max Homa and Sung JM in there as well. What would you like about those three guys? Well, Max Homa and, and Hideki, particularly just the, the history here, and I do think this is a, a really good course fit for Hideki. If you look at Max Homa's history, just in, in California on the West Coast in general, but also at this course, I mean, it's pretty great. So I, I like Max Homa quite a bit at that number. Hideki at 50 to 1 or, or wherever you can get him, you know, between that 40, 45, and 50 to 1, it's just, it's just too good of a number. He is so good with the around the green play. He can get hot with the putter. 
he's got to rein in that approach a little bit because it wasn't great last week. But again, it's such a high number for Hideki. I almost have to take it. Uh, the Sung Jay pick, you know, I, I just mentioned I'm not huge on Sung Jay this week, but I do think 30 to one is too long of, or 28 to one here is too long of a number for Sung Jay. So anytime he's going to be in that 28 to 30 range, even if I'm not super impressed with him in terms of leading into the tournament, I mean, obviously he's been great. Don't get me wrong, but there are some things I don't like. His history here is kind of middling. Uh, but again, 28 to 30 to one on Sung Jay and one of the better golfers in the world. I'll take that every time. I like you back in Ricky Fowler. We got a top 20 bet in on him. We also have a head-to-head against Taylor Moore on Ricky Fowler and then also a first-round leader. Look, I was fortunate enough to be on the hole whenever he got the hole-in-one. The crowd absolutely went berserk. They still love this dude more than anybody out there on tour. And so to see him kind of find this swing, I'm I'm a believer right now. If we kind of look, he's proven that this is at least sustainable for the short term. He has. I mean, I, I genuinely think Ricky Fowler is back. His last three tournaments, he's finished 54th, not great. But then the two after that, 11th and 10th. And the approach play has been elite. I mean, I just love him coming into this tournament. The around the green game has been solid. The putter has been solid. He's really checking all the boxes. Now, can he go off the rails? Yeah, I guess. But again, I think Ricky Fowler, we're catching him at the right time uh, in the top 20 market in particular at, at, at a good plus num num. Plus 210 is a pretty good number there. And then I like him over Taylor Moore. That almost seems like a setup to me because in the outright market and in, let's say, DFS, I mean, Ricky Fowler is way ahead of Taylor Moore. So I feel like it's a bit of a trap bet. But again, I like Ricky Fowler. I just love the form he's coming into. And then in the first round leader market, love that too. We know in first round leader markets, listen, I look for guys who are who can pop, who can spike both with the putter and the approach play. And Ricky Fowler fits that mold quite well. You can find Sia over on Sportsline and the First Cut podcast. I do listen to the pod, Sia, and let me tell you, get your one and done in, all right? Get your oh one boy. and dones in, buddy. I mean, uh, this is this is, this oh is like, I'm like a month in a row now. Is get your one and dones in. I don't want to have to hear about them having to make exceptions for you anymore. Just get the pick in. Well, Matt, you're right. They put their foot down last week. I had John Rahm, but that 1.38 million didn't count because I was 44 minutes late. <laughs> uh, it happens. It's totally my bad. But Matt, thank you for watching the show and engaging with that one and done. At Sia Najad over on Twitter as well, guys. Matt Brown filling in for Gil for the rest of the week. Kelly Bidlin will be in here. So you will see at least that familiar voice and that beautiful face of his. <laughs> and stick around for the Lombardi line here on VEASAN. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.